Hey guys, I'm Chantel. And I'm Chris. And this is Forgotten Fridays. Hey Tubanics, and welcome back to Forgotten Fridays. How's life, Chris? Life is good going. Good. How's life with you, Shen? Good going good. <laughs> what are you, a robot? Sometimes you, gotta, you just gotta talk like Yoda sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, um, just love throwing this out there. We did hit over 1K listens this past week. So shout out to Two Addicts Podcast. Woo, woo, woo. Yes, I was super excited about that. Um, I don't know if it was the craziness of the last case or what, but we definitely had a lot of listens for that episode. And that's what took us over. Note to self, Shen, we need a lot more just rants, I guess. I guess people <laughs> dig those. <laughs> I don't think it was the rants. Probably the story, you know, but yeah, sure, rants. <laughs> well, today, They came for the story, stayed for the rants. Yeah, right, pretty much. Well, today we are going to cover a very mysterious missing persons case. This young lady has been missing since 2006, and so, of course, I want to tell her case and get the info out there again in hopes that maybe someone has info on her case. This is the case of Roxanne Elizabeth Paltoff. Roxanne was born January 3rd, 1988 in Austin, Texas. Today, she would have been 33, but she was 18 at the time of her disappearance. She was the eldest of four siblings, and her mother, Elizabeth Harris, said she was an incredible big sister that helped care for her younger siblings. I could really relate to her because I am the eldest of my siblings and cared for them as well. Roxanne just seemed so beautiful and wholesome from how her family described her. 100%. Sounds like humble beginnings. Yes. She had a bit of a rough time in her high school years. Roxanne attended Keeling Junior High School in McCallum High School, but she ended up dropping out in her junior year and enrolled in a Goodwill job training program. She was studying for her GED in the hopes of becoming a fashion designer. She'd been rebuilding herself, and at this point, she was really wanting to make her mother proud. And again, I can totally relate to this, you know, having those those tough years and... Yeah, I don't even think that we should say, um, like, the tough years in high school. Do people really, like, like uh, keep up with what you did in high school? That's, like, the worst time in your life, you know, as, like, a human. Because you're, like, oh just trying to please everyone. If you were to ask our mother, Chris, I will never live down high school. <laughs> I feel exactly. like you guys were worse than me, and I still do not live down high school. <laughs> I was really bad in high school. I'm not even going to lie to you. You know, and yet if you were to ask her how you can turn out bad, she will name me. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I, I think it's because mom doesn't mom doesn't really even she didn't even pay attention to what I did then. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I know, but Sam was pretty bad, too. And mom paid all attention to her. And yet that's true. That's true. Sam was worse than me. That's strange. We will cut this part. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not bring our problems into this. (laughs) It's hilarious. 
<laughs> In the summer of 2004, Roxanne had met a man named Lewis Walls. At the time, he lied about his age and told her he was 19. He was really 28. And to my understanding, they actually started dating when she was 16. And at that time was when he was 28. So I think it's even worse than her just being 19. So understandably, the family did not like him. They had been together for two years by the time Roxanne vanished, and she often took care of his two children. One of Roxanne's friends stated she saw Lewis hit her, seriously damaging her nose. He has a history of threatening other girlfriends, and at least two of them took out protective orders against him. He also has a criminal history dating back to 1995. And in March of 2008, Walls was also charged with making a terroristic threat against his then estranged girlfriend for violating a protective order she had against him. And we'll come back to that. So this guy is not the type of guy you want your sister bringing home. One already off bat. He's a pedophile. He's a pedophile. Just <laughs> like that's already red flags. And do you know what really gets me about these situations is how often I hear that they lied about their age as if they know that it's wrong for them mm -hmm. to. That's right. that's what always interests me. Definitely. I totally agree that if you had to lie, you knew it was wrong. Exactly. I, I, I make sure to keep it 100%. My age is my age. <laughs> mm -hmm. Plus, honestly, it will never sit right with me that anyone almost 30 years old yeah. would want to be with a child. Like there's truly nothing else you're getting out of that other than your own perverted interest. I mean, it's a exactly. child. And I think of how many times you've been around a teenager and you felt like, wow, I'm too old for this, you know? Not in a weird way, but like just like, I don't know, out at the movies and there's a bunch of teenagers sitting behind you and they're throwing things and you're like, wow. I can't believe I was you ever see, an idiot kid. I've been around teenagers and I've been like, oh, that's, you know, like you're an interest, like you, or you're an interesting human, but I've never been around teenagers and been like, man, I would date one of y'all. No, no. Y'all are going through weird points in y'all's lives. I like, we're in two different wavelengths right now. So it's yeah. for me, I just, I can't imagine. I see. I've always dated older. So like, I can't imagine someone like, uh, like, and that's just because like, you know maturity and things like that so it's like an old someone that old 28 and you still are able to relate with someone who's 16 that's yes, a exactly. you know you're you haven't developed right exactly um or you just have a very perverted disgusting interest yeah you know man. what i mean outside of that because there are some people who are just totally immature right and they just they do hang out with younger people but at the same time i think it's like you said it's a you didn't develop right you're slower than others or you have a perverted interest one of the fucking two either way it's not right it's not right i don't care if you are less advanced and you relate to 18 year olds you're 28 years old dude figure out a way to relate to people your age stop ruining these young kids by your your adult ass doing shit around them that they shouldn't even be around. Hundred percent, because that shit that they'll probably end up regretting later on in life when you've trapped them with a kid. What? Well, honestly, there's probably a lot of girls 
that can relate that to the fact that when we were younger, we felt it was so cool that a younger guy, or excuse me, that an older guy was interested in us. And we thought in our heads, oh, we're just mature. Cause that's what they'd say, right? You're mature for your age. When in all actuality, now that we're older, we realize no, they were just fucking gross. Period. Freaking weirdos, man. Freaking weirdos. Literally, but. Even though Roxanne lived with her mother, she spent a lot of time staying with her boyfriend in motels because her mother did not approve of the relationship, understandably. On the afternoon of Friday, July 7th, Roxanne called her mother and asked to spend one more night with her boyfriend, Louis. She promised her mother she would come home in the morning so they could go shopping. Her mother even recalls being upset with her for choosing to stay out with her boyfriend and telling her, fine, be that way. And this, of course, you know, she's regretted to this day, sadly. But um, basically what I took from all this is that Roxanne is 18 years old, but she's still a teenager. She's still living with her mom. She's still helping out with her siblings. She's got a really close relationship with her mom. And she was planning to be home that next day. (sighs) Planning, but it's like, this is what I always hate about these situations with these like young people with like these older people and it's because it's like these older people are in situations that these younger people shouldn't be in but they mm-hmm. can be put in them because of this influence that has now been forced into their life because oh, I can go on all day with that but yeah that's just my main point that she she has a strong family situation you know what I mean like people who actually care about her well-being so it's like And also just to any young, younger teens, ladies listening to this, just a little advice from a girl that's been there. Um, If a man truly loved you, he would not do anything that puts you in a bad situation. So if you have to stay at hotels, motels with him because your parents don't approve and he wants you to do it, he does not genuinely love you. He wants what he wants from you. And that is it because any man that truly loved you would never stoop you to having to go against your family. He would respect and understand that your family loves and cares about you. Just like Chris just said, I just a hundred percent there. Uh, But on a general note, like you have the mom who's like, you know, genuinely shown that she doesn't like agree or approve of this. And it's like for young people, I get that. It feels like, Oh, well you already live. So maybe, you know, I, I, I gotta live too. What the hell do you realize that that this person's telling you this because maybe they made a similar decision and it's like, they have wisdom. You don't just listen. Oh my gosh. Do you understand? The problem is with that, Chris, the, the the problem is is that a person that's 18 even though they're considered an adult here in America their brain still is not fully developed so it's the not. area of reasoning and rationality that they're supposed to use to know what you're saying and understand that they don't have you know what's that <laughs> it's because they haven't gone through it yet and it's like yeah. well you could possibly not go through it or yeah you go through it now yeah you have that knowledge good on you that you wasted time figuring that out literally but we could rant about this all day so let's move on (laughs) yeah on july 7 2006 roxanne and her boyfriend lewis walls checked into the budget in hotel at approximately 8 30 p.m located in the vicinity of interstate 35 in renberg in austin texas 
not exactly the best area. I'm sure you can agree, Chris. Yes, 100% I can. By noon the next day, her mother was still waiting on Roxanne to come home. It was now July 8th. Assuming Roxanne would just be home later, her mother and siblings continued on with their day and went shopping as previously planned. Later that evening, when they returned home, they received a call, but not from Roxanne. It was from Lewis. He was asking Elizabeth if she had heard from Roxanne, which obviously, oh, wow, obviously, which obviously, I'm sorry, which obviously caused alarm for Elizabeth, Roxanne's mother, because the last she heard, Roxanne was with him. I can't imagine the instant fear that this mother likely felt at that moment. I can't imagine it either. I really, I want to hear his explanation. Um, because you just don't lose a whole person. That's just a... You do not. And so he told her he had not seen Roxanne since 8.30 p.m. the night before. He also told her they got into a fight over an ex-girlfriend and Roxanne left the hotel room and began walking down the highway and told him to leave her alone. So he did. She made a left onto middle lane before vanishing from his sight. It wasn't until 20 minutes later he went back out to look for her, but she was gone. She only left with the clothes on her back and her identification, but her purse, cell phone, clothes, and all other belongings were left at the hotel. So I feel like we've had this happen like at least twice now. Yeah. Um, I just don't even know what to say about it at this point. Like, I don't understand why any dude that has a girlfriend lets a Every time, it's the same thing. So, like, I don't know. Like, people aren't out here just, just you know, being harmed on, on a daily basis. I, I, I don't understand, like, how you could be so ignorant to the times and things going on that you just would. I don't care if I got to sit. Like, I'm just not one of those people. I'm just not one of those people. I would literally sit there, even if I'm being annoying, <laughs> because of the fact that, well, something bad could happen to you. You know, like walk 20 steps behind me and just make sure I get where I'm going. It's genuinely your responsibility. And at this point, the fact that we were fighting and everything over your ex-girlfriend, like, you know, now I also want to put a warning out. Ladies, we know better than this. Let's not, not that you shouldn't get away from a bad situation, because most definitely if you are in a bad situation, mm -hmm. get away. But we know we cannot just walk around. It's un it's fucked up that we can't just walk around, but we know we cannot just walk it around. It is fucked up. But this also, again, is someone who, like we said, it's not like, like this is a young spirit. This is a young spirit, you know, like right. fresh out of high school relationships where everything's like, you know, like, oh, you run off, you get, you so play invincible. the dramatics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is not that. She doesn't realize that she's in a whole different ballgame because she has been thrown into a ring with someone who's already had previous love experiences and things like that. This is a fuck situation where the cards are stacked against her, sadly. Well, you know, and what's sad, too, it just makes me think of, like, I remember being a teen and a girl, and you you feel like it makes me wonder if it was one of those situations where she expected him to follow her, and he didn't. You know what I mean? Like like you said, you're in the dramatics, so you're like, I'm going to walk away, and he better follow me, and he doesn't. Ladies, I want it to be known. Guys are like that, too. 100%. I, I do the same thing. <laughs> I've done it. It's, it's <laughs> a expect, real thing. 
like, you, aren't you gonna follow? Like, what the, what the hell? You're not gonna fight back. You're not gonna fight me. Oh my We're not God. gonna argue. Oh yeah, God. but um, this is just one of those situations where I am. I'm seeing that this isn't someone who's been in situations like this before, and it's really sad. It's really sad, and it's really sad that this person doesn't give a care about her enough right. to actually sit there and like, bro, I don't. Our sister will if she comes over and she like sees me like I will tell her at the end of it. Just let me know. Like send me a text when you get home. Like let me know you're okay. And if she doesn't and she does like Sam and you know text me the day like two days later like I made yeah. it home by the way. I'm worried the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on, gentlemen. Let's let's use put the anger to the side and look out for the people you're dating. Just whether you're bad or not, you don't have to talk to them. You can let them walk up the street and do their walk off, but be down the block and looking with all eyes, you know, or something. And on the other side, if you are the partner that likes to be chased, stop that. Seek therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, just quit the dramatics. You don't have to do all that extra People stuff. People aren't mind readers, too. You know, I will say that. Like, when you're angry and the other person's angry, it's almost, like, impossible to think that they're going to put their anger to the side and cater to what you're needing, even though that, that would be perfect, right? That's how we know our relationship is in a good yeah. place and stuff. But the likelihood of that once the other person is angry, too, just isn't likely. So you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And they're not seeing it like, let me cater to them. Everybody's always looking out for self. It's it's a, yeah. a way to protect yourself, right? Like you, when you're mad, you're not thinking like, let me chase them down. You're thinking they need to chase me down, you know, so it's we we said it uh pretty well um last uh last episode we were speaking about uh um let me think let me think where is my train of thought uh gosh how do we phrase it it was like um hold up shan let me let me let me collect Come this on, you got this you only 25 you got this oh <laughs> that's what it, that's what it's along it's um okay so how we were talking about how now it's like we're not at a, an age where like it's like you know the older you get you start getting less physical you you know you start being able to talk more right mm -hmm. she's not at that point she's not right. that like talk stage and you know sadly the person who is at that talk stage or you would think his ass mm -hmm. it isn't he wasn't no he's a fucking menace but yes i'm right there with you i totally agree because when you get older, you, you're right. You get tired and all stuff. You don't have the time to be trying to walk a mile down the block to make a point. Like, we're going to work this out or we sleep in different areas. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's a hassle to just think, I'm going to take a walk around the block tonight. Yeah. So why am I going to take a block for you? No. But when you're younger, that reasoning that tells you, hey, this is a bad idea. This is only going to hurt me just kind of goes out the window, honestly. Yeah. And that's why your teenagers, that's why your parents are nagging you. It is not because they want to get on your nerves and ruin your life. It is because we've been there. We've, we've walked the mile before, you know. And I say that because I have an almost 12-year-old guys, and she don't listen. <laughs> Teenagers, like, they make it like life is a whole new experience. It's been going on. Right. Like only they've ever went through it. Like it's only bad for them, right? But 
On July 8, 2006, her mother filed a missing persons report to the Austin Police Department upon being informed by the boyfriend that Roxanne was missing. It was three days later that the Austin Police Department's missing persons unit started investigating her disappearance. When police began investigating the case, Lewis had already checked out of the Budget Inn Hotel. He took all of her belongings with him when he cleared out the room. After leaving the hotel, he went to his sister's apartment located at the Walnut Creek Complex in Austin, Texas. Chris, we lived there. We did. We did. That's crazy. Small world. Yes. But um, honestly, of course, weird as fuck, he already checked out. But it's also hard for me to say that when the police don't go to investigate until three days later. I think that it should be like a, a common practice. Since he was, like, the last person that she was, you know, like, supposedly with, I think that he should be held in custody. I'm, I'm, I know that's, like, a little bit wrong, but at least detained and questioned. Several of these cases, it's like, these people, you're the last person she was with, all we do is give you a little light questioning, and then you're free to go. You're, you're good. Well, the problem with that is, is that you can't infringe on someone's rights. If you don't have anything to hold them on, you can't hold them. Oh, my gosh. But people will be arrested for little slight misdemeanors or like little things that could have been ticketed. But this is a whole missing person. Oh, I know. Wow. Trust me. Trust me. You don't want to get me started about the difference. You don't want to get me started. Uh, Who was that? Khalif? Was it Browser? Is that how you said his name? Where he was picked up? for allegedly stealing a backpack and sat like two years in on Rikers Island being tortured and whatever else happens out there. I and heard then about finally, that one. Yeah. Finally was proven innocent and it had fucked him up so much that he ended up taking his life. But yes. Um, I just read a, I, I was just listening to a story today where a cop determined whether or not they were going to arrest someone based upon a coin flip shan. So, you know, this is. Oh, wow. That, that's fair. That's nice. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the books at this motel were janky as fuck. It was literally the cheapest motel on the block. But But according to the books, Roxanne stayed in room 217. It was very clear that they wouldn't have been able to get any physical evidence from the room because it had already been cleaned at least three to four times and someone else had even stayed in it already. Police spoke to people around the motel to see if anyone had seen her. Since the area is high crime, it was tough. No one in that area wants to speak to the police, especially because the area is known to be a drug area. Lewis would later return Roxanne's purse and clothes to her mother. Elizabeth said everything was in her purse except her ID. But Roxanne's mother and sister said the clothes he gave them were not Roxanne's clothes. They were actually kid sizes. The hell? Just a weird, creepy thing. Just what? (sighs) Apparently, um, when I was researching that, basically he told the mother after when she let him know, like, hey, these aren't her clothes. These look like their kids' clothes. He said, oh, I just picked up whatever I saw on the ground and threw it in the bag. Lewis said this? Yes. (sighs) Lewis, you you sounded guilty as hell, bro. I really don't like you, bro. I, I usually really don't, don't like the boyfriends. I never like the boyfriends. <sighs> let let a woman walk by. Just let a person that you supposedly. I don't like you, bro. Like, you're just unethical and inhumane. 
Where's your morality? I like it's very clear. I feel like he has made it very clear. He could. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Like you usually, even when you fight with somebody, like when you fight somebody, you feel bad, right? Like, oh my god, we fought before. And now she's missing. I I want to give them everything I have so we can find her. Like I can't even imagine. He's just like, eh. Seen a bunch of shit on the floor. Threw in what I seen. Hopefully this helps. Whatever. You see, Shan, I just, I just was reading this case about uh, I, I'm sure you probably heard of it. the dad who um killed his daughter's boyfriend because he found out that oh, I the, just the, read either about through that. yeah either through the boyfriend yeah. or like uh, means he found out that the boyfriend sold his daughter into yes, human for trafficking. Thousand dollars, fucking bastard. So that being the case, that happens. That's something that happens. And honestly, I'll t- like, I that was the one time where I was like, I could understand. I understand you doing, you taking matters into that and doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. Jesus, that's horrible. The family actually searched the area as best they could. They also requested her phone records and turned them over to the police. Upon retaining her phone records, police discovered that Lewis had used her phone to make over 300 calls around town between July 8th and July 12th of 2006. Following her disappearance, calls were made to a series of motels in Austin, local single chat lines, a strip club, and some of his friends and previous girlfriends, one of which was from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Police reached out to this girlfriend and the ex said Lewis did inform her he was in trouble and needed to get away and asked if he could come to where she lived in New Mexico. She declined due to their violent history. So after she goes missing, he cares so much about finding her that he uses her phone to make 300 calls, which, as you heard, were to local single chat lines, strip clubs and ex-girlfriends. Yeah, um, this is... That's really strange. And then, you know, that, that whole uh, I'm in trouble thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Guilty. Mm-hmm. Guilty. You know what? Never like Lewis's. Never like Lewis's. Not really thinking about it. Never really cared for him. Yeah, even Lewis Shanks is overpriced. <laughs> I'm I don't think I've ever heard of Lewis Shanks, Shan. <laughs> I think it's like a, um, like a furniture store. <laughs> So, of course, at this point, the police are looking at Lewis hard for this. As the days go on, he declined to come to the police station for interviews and became harder to contact altogether. On July 19, 2006, almost two weeks after Roxanne's disappearance, Lewis finally agreed to a face-to-face interview. During the interview, he refused to answer any direct questions related to her disappearance. He said he made the calls to the ex because he was mad at Roxanne. He also claimed he had nothing to do with Roxanne's disappearance. He said the female hotel employee could verify everything he said. They spoke with her and she claimed that she spent that evening with him from 1030 to 3 a.m. And that she did not, or excuse me, that she did see Roxanne leave when he said she did. So I feel like I have to keep like summarizing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hold up. Wait, 1033 a.m. She spent it with him? So she's saying from 10.30 p.m. hate this guy. Yeah, from 10.30 p.m. to 3 a.m., he spent it with this woman. I'm so- going to let you guys know something. Everyone in this in this world knows that anything happening after 10 o'clock, 
<laughs> is dark shit. Is dark shit. That's all it is. It is. <laughs> those are those are the demon hours. <laughs> well, not even just that. The fact that like, so you get into a fight with your girlfriend, a big enough fight to where she up and leaves, and like, what? An hour later, not even an hour, you're already hooking up with someone else. Like, what the fuck? After, quote-unquote, you only called your ex because you were mad at her. Dude, why are you with this girl? Let her live her life and be happy. Yeah, she's going to be freaking sad at first because, oh, yeah, she may have cared for you and you obviously didn't. But, oh, my gosh, I would much rather her. She'll feel good as fuck afterwards. This is horrible, Shanna. I hate this guy. He better not be. <laughs> let me Let me stop. That's just trashy. Now it makes sense for why he didn't actually, you know, check in with her. That's right. He did not care. Now here's where the case takes a crazy turn. Roxanne's ideas found in the police lost and found. It got there because on July 13, 2006, 30 year old Jeffrey Moore is arrested for attacking and attempting to rape an exotic dancer. Officers responded to a call at the Motel 6 near the Budget Inn that Roxanne was at. Jeffrey had previously picked up a woman who was with her husband outside of the Perfect 10 Men's Club. She agreed to a private dance and the three went to the Motel 6. And it was located not far from the Budget Inn where Roxanne disappeared. However, when Jeffrey and the woman entered the room, he locked the door and left the husband outside. Hearing his wife shouting inside, the husband reached for the security guard who managed to get the door open. Jeffrey fled the scene after the husband began attacking him, leaving behind his wallet and his hearing aid. He had fled the scene but left his wallet. Inside his wallet, the security guard discovered Roxanne's Texas ID card. They actually didn't run Roxanne's ID until four days later. Police tracked Moore down and had to use an interpreter because he was deaf. He told the police that he gave Roxanne and Lewis a ride to the store to get cigarettes, and that's how he could have ended up with her ID. And they did confirm this with Lewis Walls, that they went to the store the day before she went missing, and that she could have lost it then. But neither of the two men's stories about the route they took to the store adds up. Jeffrey said the ride was from downtown to up north. And then Lewis said it was from Walgreens already on Runberg to the hotel on Runberg. So why the inconsistency? Jeffrey also indicated that Roxanne was a close friend of his and that he would like to retain her ID to give it back to Roxanne in person, but also said later he didn't know Roxanne at all. The family said they've never heard of Jeffrey Moore before. So were you able to take all that in? This is just, this is why people, you got to have, you got to have a bit of class. Anybody who's taking you around, notice, listen to these circles. Like this dude who attempted to rape someone was in the same circle as this dude who is over here pedophiling with this young, I hate people, And I'm man. still uncertain on if. I think we're all uncertain on if they actually knew each other. Like, were they friends or was this just a we seen each other? I mean, I feel like they had to have been. It sounds like they had to have been. But at the same time, I couldn't find anything confirming that they were actually friends prior to this. This man is taking you to busted ass motels. He, uh, I just, there's so many red flags on this dude. I, 
He's a he's a freaking Baltimore Ravens football oh, game. Lord. I swear. Oh Lord. Police polygraph the woman from the motel and she passes the polygraph test. And from here, police have nothing else to go on. Authorities ultimately drop charges against Moore for lack of evidence, although it isn't clear how he came to possess her identification. By July 27, 2006, the case was still at a standstill. The police get a call saying human remains have been discovered in the southeast area of Austin. So police ask the family for her dental records and try to match them to the body that was found. The body was not that of Roxanne's. Elizabeth, Roxanne's mother, put up a billboard in March of 2007 near that same budget inn. Since then, over 200 have reported seeing Roxanne alive. Each lead has been worked and none have been credible leads. Almost two years later, in March of 2008, Lewis's current girlfriend came forward, making a police statement saying Lewis threatened to hurt her and claimed he had killed a woman before. This is when he is charged with making a terroristic threat. The police did interview him again, but he refused to have hurt Roxanne or to have said any of those things. Four years after Roxanne's disappearance, police got a call from police in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with a body that matched Roxanne's description. The police jumped on this knowing the connection to Lewis and him calling an ex in the same area. However, the remains did not turn out to be Roxanne's. He's a scum, Shen. He's, he's the worst that we have uh, encountered. I had forgot that he had violent tendencies, and I forgot that you mentioned that earlier on and how he hit her. Mm -hmm. It just, it just kind of, you know, passed. You said it like, I guess, I guess my brain retained it a little late there, but that putting that together, it would have, I should have sussed him much earlier on. But the whole thing is, to be honest, so for this case, this is pretty much it. They, there's no one. It is still an active, ongoing case. To me, if I was to speculate what happened, we have three options. We have the first that she went on that street and unfortunately, like we said, someone off the street just attacked her or she succumbed to human trafficking, whatnot. Or the boyfriend did it or this other guy did it. But I think, in my opinion, which is just that, just an opinion, I think he did know this guy. I think he did hurt her, and I think he enlisted Jeffrey Moore to help him. And I think that's how Jeffrey ended up with his ID. It seems so coincidental, or excuse me, her ID. It seems so coincidental that it would be the boyfriend that killed her, yet Jeffrey Moore would end up with her identification. And that'd be fine if he did just drop her off. But the fact that he's actually hurting other women makes me say, well, if he had the ID, he probably hurt Roxanne. But then it's so mm -hmm. hard to ignore all the things that Lewis Wall has Lewis Walls has done as well. They're 100%. just as guilty to me as each other. Like every, the same amount of evidence against the both of them. Because having someone's ID that went missing really, really does not look good. Yeah. Yeah. It, I've, I forget what case that was, but there was a case similar with, uh, you know, and I, I did suss that guy, the, but. This. I also have to question why 
did she only take her ID? Because that was made clear from jump, right? Like, that's what he said. She only took the ID. The mom made very clear when she got the purse back, her card, credit card, everything was still in there. So why would she only take her ID? It's almost to me like, like, Lewis knew she had left her ID in Jeffrey's car the night before. Maybe they had talked about it. Hey, I can't find my ID. I think I left it in that dude's car or whatever. And that's why he told them that as a way to kind of get it off of his self, you know? Because if she's going to take her ID, what is that for? So that she can do what? What does an ID do? You can't buy anything without your card. So I don't Um, see why that would have been the one thing she's like, let me take this, you know? You know, it's, uh, and honestly, like, it just honestly just adds more to the archive we got going here. Because when you think about it, like, a lot of these cases have that similar, like, um, thumbprint in each one where it's like, they didn't take everything. There was only like, oh, yeah, we found this. Like, it's usually an identification card. Now I'm thinking about it, where they'll leave like cards and things like that. Um, And a lot of them. A lot of them are like, like these women go missing right after big of the woman at the apartment complex who is never seen actually leaving that building, but mm-hmm. she had an argument with her boyfriend. Yeah. Like all of these stem from these like, like similar because patterns. They didn't fucking leave because they didn't fucking leave. Something happened mm-hmm. to them wherever they fucking were. I do believe it was Lewis. I do believe I do too. maybe she came back and noticed he was with this dotpotamus because Jesus Christ, lady, you just met the guy and he just had his girlfriend left and you seen his girlfriend left and you still in love with him, sis. I don't shame, but come on. Like, I'm sorry, that just reading that the you're def- <laughs> But these are also cheap ass motels that no one should actually be like you know, kept at, especially someone with a family who gives a damn about them. You let that man, you let that man be a sleazeball on his own. You go about your way, sis. <sighs> yeah, it, it's sad to know. I'm with you on the fact that Roxanne's 18 years old. Her whole yeah. life is ahead of her. She would have turned to, I mean, you know, if given the chance, she would have turned 20 and not been messing with dudes like that anymore. You know, you grow out of that. You realize that those dudes are losers if you get the chance to. Sometimes you come across men that don't give you the chance to grow past them. And that's what my fear is with Roxanne, you know? Same with Susanna. Trevor, when he couldn't physically abuse her anymore, he wanted to abuse her mentally. He would still call and harass her, even from jail and stuff like that. Why? Because he couldn't let her go on and be happy without him. That wasn't an option, whether he wanted her or not, you know? It's really sad. It's really sad that, you know, like... And again, it does play into that mentality that we were speaking about earlier, where when you're younger, you do feel like you are invincible. You probably haven't even seen like death, like deaths in like the family or anything like that. So you, you don't honestly, like, it's like, you know, you just feel untouchable, but, and it's really sad to think like this young woman who does have her life in front of her, just didn't get a, didn't get a chance to fully live her life because someone who had already lived their life and fucked it up, decided to fuck hers up too. Yeah. 
Foul play is suspected in Roxanne's disappearance, and both Lewis Walls and Jeffrey Moore remain persons of interest in her case. The circumstances of Roxanne's disappearance remain unclear, and her case is currently classified as a missing persons case. Her case also remains unsolved. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Roxanne Paltoff, please contact the Austin Police Department at 512-974-5250 or call the Austin Crime Stoppers tip line at 512-472-8477. Just a little true crime news, as we all know. Um, We did actually, I'm not sure if I'm, I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but the case we talked about last week regarding Javier Ambler, there was an update on that case. So I wanted to go ahead and share that with everyone who may not have heard it outside of Texas, because it's definitely not getting the attention. Give me one second. Let me pull it up here and I can let you know what it is. So the former Williamson County Sheriff that we had talked about, um, Robert Chody, and the assistant county attorney, Jason Nassar, or Nassar, they're both facing charges for their involvement in Javier's case, as we know. We talked about that last week. But now, now both face an additional charge of conspiracy to tamper with evidence relating to the video that captured Ambler's in-custody death. Those charges are in addition to the evidence tampering charges already filed against them. So kudos to that. Let's get all the charges placed on them that they deserve and let's make sure they are prosecuted for that to the fullest extent of the law. I just wanted to mention that because I know we were all involved in that case. Um, and yeah, That's awesome. I know. I was really excited about that. It's definitely awesome. Other than that, next week we will continue our Forgotten Fridays with another case that we will cover. Um, Chris, anything you want to mention before we get out of here? I don't like Lewis. Fuck him. Fuck Lewis. Fuck Lewis. And Jeffrey Moore. Fuck you too. How are you? Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) I just just don't understand. I just don't understand. And it's like, you know what really gets me about that, Shan? Do you know what really gets me about that? Can I just let me just drop one last point in? How is he? Because this has kind of been like playing in my mind. How is he deaf? And they were able to communicate. I mean, okay, so the hearing aid was probably in place by the time that they were communicating. But it's like they need a translator when he was there, right? So it's like, right? I don't know. Maybe don't they know. needed the translator because he didn't have his hearing aid since they collected it at the scene when he was. He left it there. Yeah, that's. Down. That's what I was saying. It just clicked to me, but uh, it's still like one of those things. And it's like, damn. <sighs> it's despicable. These, ugh, It's just despicable. But dang, there was something else I was just remembering that I was going to say. What was it? I'm going to remember as soon as we log off. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Guys, also make sure you catch us on our new YouTube channel, Two Baddicks Podcast. Uh, we've got one episode up right now. We're going to go ahead and get all of our episodes uploaded over the next few weeks. So look out for that there. If you prefer to listen on YouTube, you now have that option. And I guess that's it for me. I don't really have anything else today. Just catch us on next week's episode of Forgotten Fridays. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.